Conversations with Cordates. Welcome back to Convos with Cordates. You're here with your host, Sammy, and the beautiful Anastasia. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> so today we've got a little bit of a heavier topic, as you can probably tell from the title. We're going to be talking about uh, body image today. And just as a bit of a trigger warning for our audience, anybody who may be um, not quite ready to have this conversation, maybe just skip this episode. But... Uh, just letting you know up front, we won't be discussing numbers, we won't be discussing regimens. Um, we are very much looking at this from maybe an outside perspective or a very um, personal perspective. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we will be avoiding talking about any type of numbers in this conversation. Mm -hmm. So um, hopefully if you feel that that's something that you're able to sit with right now, then you can join us for this lovely little episode about body image. Excellent. I can't wait. So I guess we'll start with how your relationship is with your body and mm -hmm. sort of the things that you do to feel good about yourself today. Mm -hmm. Um. So I guess let's... So my relationship with my body was very up and down, but mm -hmm. I'd say positive overall, mm -hmm. despite a lot of things that could have made it worse, right? Um, I started off, but I also do want to want to preface this with, I am well aware that I have skinny privilege. Mm. And I think that that is very important to be self aware of. Um, it's, it's just how I'm built. And there's, it's, it's my genetics, it's my body, you know, it, it, that's just the way that it is. Um, and so when I was very little, um, I was a very slender child. Mm -hmm. And when I first moved to North America, uh, actually, a lot of, not a lot of people, but there were some people who had questions about whether I was, um, whether I had an, an eating disorder. Right. Um, not, not from adults not from and it didn't seem like it was genuinely people of concern it felt like bullying mm. it was actually sorry it was bullying right. um and, and they were picking on me for that and that's so messed up because that's a that's a <sighs> mental illness exactly like that, that is something that first of all the fact that i'm assuming that they're making fun of you because you look too skinny mm -hmm. which Eating disorders don't have a particular look. They don't have a particular body type. Mm -hmm. Someone with, you know, the typical very slender um, stereotyped body uh, illness is anorexia nervosa, mm -hmm. right? Um, and even then, it's you can have people at any size have anorexia exactly. nervosa. Exactly. Like while it is typical that someone may be in a smaller body, mm -hmm. it is not like required for you to have this illness. Exactly. I 100% agree. And I think it was in very poor taste of those kids to do that. Absolutely. But a reminder, they were children, you know, like, and it was the 90, like, well, at that point, it was early 2000s. Um, I'm not trying to give them any excuse for what they did. 
I think the reason why I'm more, I guess nonchalant is a is a wrong way of saying it, but I'm I'm not as triggered by it is as I think more correct is because I knew that I didn't have an eating disorder. I like I think it was it started maybe around when I was ten, right? Mm. I knew that I I didn't. First of all, because English was my second language and I had no idea what the fuck they were talking about. <laughs> so that really, really helped. Yeah. Right. And even then when I would Google it, right, like, or sorry, like at that point it was like, ask Jeeves, you know, what oh, is anorexia yeah. nervosa? <laughs> and people, you know, and, and so I'd read about it and I was like, oh, I don't have that. Mm. And therefore it never, it never affected me in that sort of way because I looked it up, looked up the definition, was like, oh, nope, they're just being mean. Okay, great. You know, like, and then just kind of go on with my with my day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did, you know, stop and, you know, you hit puberty and your body, your full, full body changes. And that's a whole different area of, of change. Um, but my body image didn't change until it was late high school. Mm-hmm. And it was... Again, it wasn't, but sorry, not again. This time it wasn't the kids. It was people very close to me. It was people that I trusted. Like adults. Like adults that would say things. So I, and I I know some people do um, go through this when it comes to kind of more Eastern uh, more e- Eastern people, like Eastern European, and then in Asian cultures as well. Mm-hmm. It's very, for some reason, okay to just comment on other people's body. Yeah. And it would be like family friends. You know, mm-hmm. I would come in and they're like, I'm looking plump today. Like, what the fuck? Ugh. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, that's ridiculous. What? Who, who says? And like, it, was, it wasn't even just words. They would pinch you know they would pinch like parts of my hips and stuff and again I had skinny privilege so imagine what like I just like holy shit because I would look in the mirror and I'm like but I'm not the words that they say is not how I see myself in the mirror it it does not reflect to me Mm. but the more often I heard it the more, of course, I started to believe it. Right. And I was in ballet. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's and the worst. Exactly. And in the beginning, it was totally fine. But again, like, and that's the thing. Like, you guys, puberty changes humans. So stop commenting on prepubescent people and how much they've changed after puberty. Yeah, it's an obvious change. Mm-hmm. Stop commenting on it. People are uncomfortable. <laughs> like, well, not just that, but like... It's like, did you want them to stay a child forever and not develop into like a functioning adult in society? Exactly. They're going to change. They're going to put fat on their bodies. They're going to grow like they're going to develop things, you know, like like hips and maybe bigger arms body and body hair body hair oh my Acne, god exactly all kinds of things that all change that. your appearance 100%. So, you know, and and I didn't really get anything from the ballet per se until again it came to like people close to me. They were like, "Oh, you do ballet? I thought mm. people in ballet were super skinny." Mm. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Like, what do you say to that? You can't say anything. Exactly. Back. And then being a 
child because I was not even 18 yet, right? This is still like teenagers just past puberty sort of idea. Again, in my culture, we respect our elders. Mm. So you sit there and you go, I'm sorry? You, like genuinely, you know, you can't fight back. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, maybe some some people can, but I was afraid of talking badly to to my elders, so I wouldn't fight back. Yeah, you just and have I, to ta- sit exactly. there and take it and be like, okay. Yeah, you just have to sit there and take it. And I remember the worst comment I've ever gotten was somebody said, like every time it hits winter time, you put on a lot of weight. What are you hibernating? What are you a bear? Oh my god. and the thing is that comment has lived in my mind to this day and I am 31 to like not today but I'm 31 and that comment I received when I was 15 Mm. and I still remember where it was when it was and I've never lived it down and yeah I mean you know fuck me I put on a little bit of weight you know puberty's hard on everybody you're you're living through your teenage years you know it is you're also living just as a human being exactly your body does not stay it's not meant to stay the same weight Mm -hmm. from the day after you finish puberty till the end of time exactly you know like understandably people people always get in their head like yeah bodies change in puberty but then they just expect you to stay that way mm-hmm. all the way until you die. Yeah. And well, it's like, what? no, bodies fluctuate within a day. Bodies exactly. fluctuate within a week. Bodies mm-hmm. fluctuate within a month. They're going to change. Exactly. It's meant to. It's part of the process mm-hmm. of metabolizing food, um, burning energy. Mm-hmm. It's all part of that process. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. Um, so... Anyways, what what had happened was I I I had these thoughts in my in my head that I I wanted to have an eating disorder. Mm. I wanted to um and I Can don't I just say you're you're not alone in thinking that. Okay. I have seen a lot of people online express that same exact sentiment. Okay, thank God, because I I was going to preface it with like, I'm sorry if I sound ignorant or if I sound, you know, in any way insensitive, insensitive. I genuinely I'm not these were thoughts because of the things that were happening around me, I wanted to. But like, I I was mad at my body that I, I wouldn't or I couldn't. Yeah, it's not that it's that I couldn't. And I you know, I, I feel a bit of kind of embarrassment having thought that back in my, you know, teenage years, because like you said, it is a mental illness to have one of these and to wish one on oneself is quite, you know, it's quite sad. Yeah, I think it's not so much a reflection on your own like mindset and who you are Mm. in terms of your moral character Mm -hmm. i think it's more a reflection on how shit that you felt at that time yeah like how poorly the people around you made you feel Mm -hmm. that put you into what i'm seeing as a very dangerous mindset to be in because there are people online that as i said i've seen people say that they'd wanted to get Mm -hmm. an eating disorder Mm -hmm. 
I've also seen stories from people who succeeded in yeah. giving themselves an eating disorder. Yeah. So it's it's good. Like, it's great to hear that you were, you know, unsuccessful in mm-hmm. basically yeah. giving yourself something that very often ruins people's lives. Because mm-hmm. um, it is, it's such a... It's it's a mental illness. It's something that people struggle with for many, many years and mm-hmm. that affects not just their body, but it can also affect their mindset for yeah. many, many years, even after people will uh, enter or even go through recovery processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, like, I, I look, I, I've known people who have had eating disorders and it is something that they live with for for the rest of their lives Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a chapter in their life you know and and it's there and it's a reminder of some of the darkest times of their lives Mm -hmm. um and you know it I'm I'm really glad that the people that I know are no longer in that dark space um you know but it's it really is not as simple as like them having, you know, a poor relationship with food. Oh, absolutely. Right. It goes so much more beyond that. Yeah. Because there's the common misconception is that there is a certain type of eating disorder. People always think of anorexia nervosa, Mm. that someone eats as little as possible Mm. and is, you know, gets very, very like skinny and slender. Mm. Um, but that's not, and and that they obsess over, you know, wanting to be thin. Right. And while that may be true for some people, mm-hmm. it's not the actual, like, criteria that you would be diagnosed with for anorexia nervosa. Oh. Like, yes, and a hyperfixation upon things like weight and body image is part of the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know body size is part of the diagnosis which it should not be mm. in, in the dsm-5 but it's more an idea like really the basis behind anorexia nervosa is wanting a feeling of control mm-hmm. using the tools like um over exercising under eating those mm. types of disordered behaviors mm. to provide themselves with a feeling of control in their life that they may feel like they don't have Right. Okay. So control. Mm-hmm. Um, now, also correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. um, but I also, from what I understand, it's also a form of, of self-harm if you are in, you know, a state of depression. Yeah. Some people can see it that way as well mm-hmm. because you're, you know, you're essentially hurting your body. You're not giving it what it needs to survive. Mm-hmm. And that comes with a lot of really big detrimental health impacts that can last a very long time. So, for example, a lot of people that um, have eating disorders often struggle with um, digestion issues Mm. following their onset from their eating disorder. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, So it's it's really uh, very... Like, I I don't want to talk about it on the podcast, but, Mm. like, I encourage you if it's something that you are curious about and comfortable hearing Mm -hmm. to look it up because it is something that persists throughout life Mm -hmm. right and there's so many excellent resources about these topics absolutely and how to seek help if you may feel Mm -hmm. like you identify a bit too closely with these yeah 
Um, so people often think of anorexia nervosa first, right? Mm-hmm. But um, there's a few others, um, eating disorders that exist within the DSM-5. One, the most, the second most common one being, um, or well, well-known one. I don't want to say common because mm-hmm. it affects like, I think, one to two percent of the population in the UK. That was the last time I'd heard a study done. Was right. like one to two percent of the population, um, and that one, uh, bulimia nervosa, mm-hmm. is uh, oft- often characterizes by periods of binging and purging, mm. which I uh, don't want to describe in too much detail, yeah. but basically in taking large amounts of food, um, and I'm not talking about like, you know, you just had a big Christmas dinner, a big Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. It's like eating to the point of intense feelings of discomfort, mm-hmm. oftentimes feeling quite ill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the purging process is removing that from your body yeah and that happens in various ways depending on the person Mm -hmm. but and i again i really seek everybody to kind of if you are interested in these topics um to listen to other people's stories yeah because to me it was very eye-opening i read uh jeanette mccurdy's book Mm -hmm. and she suffered with bulimia yeah and i was very much of the group of like being like oh okay you know you you eat a little bit and then you feel guilty about it and then you you throw it up right Mm -hmm. but it really is so much so much to the story than just that and so I genuinely like listen to what other people are saying Mm -hmm. because their stories really matter and their stories show the severity of this of these mental illnesses yeah and while anorexia nervosa comes with that really intense um, comes with that feeling of hyperfixation on body image, mm-hmm. um, bulimia nervosa actually doesn't. Oh. It, it is just more about the process of binging and then purging or intaking okay. food and then purging it out. Mm, right. Okay, yeah. Um, and so that, again, comes with that feeling of control and wanting that sense of control. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most common eating, I think it's the most common, maybe I'm incorrect, but um, one, I think it's one of the most common eating disorders is actually binge eating disorder which is just in taking large amounts of food Mm -hmm. but not having any periods of purging in between okay yeah so um these often get categorized of people in larger bodies Mm. but not every person with a larger body has binge eating disorder yes not every person that has binge eating disorder lives in a larger body Mm -hmm. exactly yeah mental illness does not discriminate okay yeah like that is something that it just it just does not discriminate. Yeah. yeah, it affects women. It affects men. Yeah. People often forget that there are men that struggle with mm-hmm. um, eating disorders. It's oftentimes very much seen as a um, as a woman's disorder. Yeah, it's just not, and it's really not. Yeah, um, I think one third of all people with an eating disorder are men, but that's also mm. only the people that actually they poll. So oh. some people like aren't diagnosed and so they wouldn't be considered as part of that. That's poll. true. Yeah. Or if like say you're asked on a poll, you might not even want to answer. And so you might lie. Or people often struggle with feeling like, do I have an eating disorder? Mm-hmm. Is have, have I am I enough? Am I sick enough? Oh, yeah. To oh, have an eating disorder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last uh, the last two eating or three eating disorders. I'll just go through them really yeah. quickly while we're here. Um, so there's pica or pica, um, which is oh. an eating disorder that makes you crave to eat 
things that are not food. So now, correct me if I'm wrong, but pica could be like because you have a deficiency of something in your be. body, right? Yes. So um, one of the things that people often consume is things like dirt or mud, which might have more mineral minerals that your body is craving, but it's mm -hmm. not craving it in the way of food. It starts craving it in the way of non-food items. Yeah. Like um, chalk. I, 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 yeah, I chalk heard of a story one. of a person eating chalk. Sand is another one. Mm. Um, foam is a really dangerous one. Oh, um, that's really bad for your stomach. Because it doesn't come out. Exactly. Um, and then, uh, what was the other really common one? Ice, Ice is another really yeah, common one. Yeah. Um, and then another eating disorder is ARFID. So oh. it's an acronym, Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake, Intake Disorder. Okay. So ARFID actually has nothing to do with how you see your body. It has nothing to do with your relationship with, like, the food it, itself. It's mm. more of, like having a fear of a food's texture or a food's effect that it might have on you. So mm -hmm. there's a very famous woman on, I believe she's on TikTok, mm -hmm. where um, she was documenting her recovery from ARFID. Okay. And for her, it tied in very heavily with her OCD. Mm -hmm. And basically her ARFID was telling her that because of past medical traumas that she'd had, mm -hmm. She was convinced from her OCD and her ARFID that certain foods would um, would have make her have an allergic reaction, make her get sick, make her need to go to the hospital. I see. And so she started, and it's basically the limiting down of foods to what is very much not either preventing you from having the life that you want to have mm -hmm. or preventing you from getting the nutrition that you need. Right. And mm -hmm. so in this woman's case, I think it was she had restricted her diet so much that she was basically eating the same meal every day mm -hmm. to the point where she's like, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. Um, and she was probably like, there's not a lot of nutrition in just one non-variable meal. Yeah. Right? You absolutely need variety. variety in your diet because mm -hmm. you get different nutrients from different foods. Exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, so basically ARFID... It's not just being a picky eater. Like, mm -hmm. I would identify myself as a pretty picky eater. Mm -hmm. It's not just like, oh, I don't like mushrooms. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't like mushrooms. I don't like anything with pepper on it. I don't like anything with um, that's made with uh, tubers because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm afraid I'm allergic to them. Right. It's this really intense fear and obsession that makes you completely cut out entire foods from your diet mm -hmm. okay um and then the last one which is the most inclusive is um osfed i think hmm. uh otherwise specified or maybe it's just osed hmm. otherwise specified eating disorder or something like okay. that so it's basically just like we don't know. We know you have eating disorder habits, but mm -hmm. we're not sure mm -hmm. which category you fall into. Maybe you have some some traits from one, some traits from another, and we yeah. know that it's negatively affecting your life. Mm -hmm. So we'll just give you this diagnosis so that we can begin your treatment plan. Right. Oh, okay. Um, just kind of like an over um, all umbrella, you yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Um, well, thankfully... Uh, you know, I, I didn't 
succeed in 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 giving myself an eating disorder but i was just you know thinking about it as you were saying you know explaining all of these i realized that it was because i listened to friends mm. because i would genuinely you know say bad comments about my body yeah and they would say that they would give me positive comments back you know or they would say you know that's not true as a good friend as a good friend should and because at that point I was now closer to my friends than I was with the other people who are giving me these negative comments Mm. they were now the ones I trusted and and like you know thank you for those people in in my life because I think that meant so much more to me than even I knew Mm. in in at that time and that's why when I went to uni and I was so far away from all of these people all of these comments and I basically got to restart a whole new life with whole new people like you know nobody really knows me there I just get to restart none of those comments ever came up and I began unknowingly this healthy journey back with my body Mm. um and the healthy journey was more like I didn't ever think about my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think about what, uh, you know, what was healthy, what was not healthy. I was I was eating when I was hungry, like, you know, that, that kind of thing. Like I wasn't really putting any thought into, um, I was just enjoying my life. And, As you should. And I, yeah, and I just happened to end up with a body that I had, but I didn't like focus on it I guess I was never hyper focused on it Mm. um and then it wasn't until I kind of came into my late 20s that because I was reaching 30 everybody was just like oh you won't be able to eat like that once you're 30 the comments restarted yeah right they restarted it's the it's the second puberty problem exactly yeah and they're like yeah you won't you won't look like that when you're 30 you won't look like that after you have kids you won't be able to eat like that you won't be able to live this kind of lifestyle past your 30 blah 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 and it's just like oh my god people can we stop talking to people like that that is disgusting yeah i think like it's just like basic human decency it really is i i love the way that you put this once when we were at dinner where you were like if i'm eating it don't comment on it Uh, you know like someone's putting that in their body i don't care if you don't like the smell i don't care if you don't like the way it looks Mm -hmm. I'm eating it. Yeah. And so your comment isn't going to help. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm and but, you know, think of it. Think what that person could be going through. Like or or actually it doesn't even matter. You do not know what that person is going through. So yeah. your comment of ew or you're really going to eat that. That could mean so much more to them than you think. Mm-hmm. And those words could be so much more jam- damaging than you think. Mm-hmm. And so those- I think it's like the common. Do you ever hear this like common office faux pas where people are like never ask a woman if she's pregnant? Yes. It's like that. Yeah. Like it, it just don't. I feel like it's just plain blanket statement. Don't comment on other people's body in any. Agreed. Like, negative way. Mm-hmm. And you assuming that someone being pregnant is a positive thing that's not everybody's story exactly so, yeah exactly just don't comment unless you've got something nice to say i 100 known this agree. since kindergarten yeah exactly if you have nothing nice to say don't say anything at all i i like to live by that motto you know mm-hmm. um but those words those sentences nearing to my 30s have caused me 
to every now and again hyper fixate on on my body in terms of like um not being as comfortable in it as I want to be. Mm. I want to be really comfortable in my body. I don't want to be so hard on my body. My body and your body and everybody's body is doing wonderful and beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Like just, I, and so that's why I like to sometimes just kind of sit back and be like, oh my God, my body is amazing. My body can dance. My body can um you know, move to music. Like, how beautiful is that? My body can digest food. Mm-hmm. Like, what a crazy... My body can do that by itself. I don't even have to tell it to do that. Mm-hmm. I just put food in my mouth and then it does it all by itself. Mm-hmm. You know, my body enjoys to be warm, right? Like, I just like to kind of bring myself back into the the wonderful thing that is my body when I do start to hyperfixate on on certain aspects of my body that I might not, uh, that I can find negatives on, mm-hmm. right? I do try to bring myself back to that. Um, but there was a really hard time in my life when it was, when I was nearing 30, that it kind of became this like, you know, terrifying thing where it's like, I, I basically had a phobia of becoming bigger, myself mm-hmm. not of other people i i genuinely it's always like, it's don't always care. so internal it's all about yourself it's, it's never yeah. about other people exactly. like people often look at people who have eating disorders like anorexia nervosa where you have that fixation on on weight or body image mm-hmm. and they say oh well you're just really fat phobic and it's like no i'm not no like i it's your own perception of yourself mm-hmm. it's not your perception of other people exactly i like I didn't, and and even that, like, off of that topic, it wasn't me comparing myself to other people. Other people had nothing to do in this equation. It was those comments that people were all telling me, saying that once I hit 30, apparently I'm going to turn into a goddamn balloon from what they were telling me. And it became a genuine phobia. I'm not saying fear. I'm saying phobia Mm -hmm. because that is what it was. And so whenever I'd have things that were considered to be more, you know, greasy foods, more um, indulgent foods... It would it would be in the back of my mind where it's like, you're going to balloon. You're going to mm-hmm. balloon. That's what they said. That's mm-hmm. what they said was going to happen. Just, you know, watch yourself. Watch yourself. And those comments, that's when I started to be like, you know what? No, I'm going to be thankful for my body. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, worship what my body is giving me. And I'm going to be thankful for it. And I'm going to think about it. And that then gave me a more positive relationship with my body and while things like that can still come up Mm -hmm. you know I can put on a poor piece of clothing that doesn't necessarily flatter me in the right ways that happens to everybody Mm -hmm. you can be a most beautiful curvy person if you put on the clothes that do not flatter that body shape they can look off I'm not saying they look bad clothes that work for every person's body exactly it it's just finding the ones that make you feel 
really good, really confident. Exactly. And it has nothing to do with that your body didn't fit into a piece no. of clothing. No. Like the clothing you is supposed can, to fit you, not you, you fit the clothing. Different clothing. Exactly. So whenever that would happen, whenever, you know, I'd put on a, a piece of clothing that I didn't feel so good and I would go back into that dark space, I would get rid of that clothing. I'll get rid of that piece of clothing. Why do I need that? I don't I need, need to, that in my I life. I need to do that in my closet. I've been staring at some of the items in my closet that I'm like, I don't wear this because it doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Every time I put this on, I don't feel good. Yeah. And I'm like, I just need to take these to Vinny's. Exactly. Like, or I'd... take them to me. Let me try them on. <laughs> I sure. really like hand-me-downs. Sure. <laughs> like, it's just something that I look at in my closet and just seeing it in my closet makes me feel worse. Exactly. Because I know it makes me so feel why? bad. So why, like, get rid of it. Exactly. Get rid of it, right? I, I just need to do it. I said this I said this to my partner today. I was like, I need to just do, like, a massive closet purge. Mm soon i love it i now do a closet purge every month where like i don't really have a lot to purge out of the closet it'll be like one you know like Like socks that now have holes in them like Like one item of clothing and you're like that's gone exactly i I think that's the better way to do it though because when you're like me and you've left it and now it feels like the super monumental task that i need Mm. to take an entire weekend to do and i'm like Oh, I'll get it done. And then you avoid it. You procrastinate it, right? Yeah. And to me, it's now become such a healing part Mm. that I genuinely like to now purge my my closet. Because don't let a piece of fabric dictate how you feel about yourself. Exactly. And I know that, you know, sometimes, and I hear myself saying it, like, but what if I spent so much money on that item? Or what if at one point in my life, I felt so good in that? Exactly. Or, yeah, or that's another thing. Having pieces that you used to fit, and now you know your body has changed, do not have the thought of, well, I'll fit into it again. That is my like goal clothes. No, fuck that. Get rid of your goal You'll clothes. You'll find another thing that You'll you love to wear. You'll find clothes that suit your body, that make you feel beautiful, that make you feel comfortable. That's what's important. Not clothes that used to do that for you. That's in the past. There's a reason why we leave things in the past, right? Like maybe you learn and you grow. Exactly. You learn and you grow and your body learns and it will grow. Okay? Like it's it's just a human body. It's actually every animal's body will mm-hmm. change and will grow, right? Um so do it like throw those gold pieces away, throw the pieces that make you feel uncomfortable and it's not just like clothes that, you know, maybe don't suit you or you don't feel comfortable in. Sometimes it could be in my case, it could be as simple as the color doesn't suit me. You know, the color makes me feel like it's, you know, flattering me in the wrong way. Yeah. Get rid of it. Uh, and that's something that like uh, sort of to shift over more to my relationship mm-hmm. with my body yeah, for sure. as well, um, because I am half Asian, half white. I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. Skin color to me was a really big thing growing mm. up. And that's not to say that I'm, you know, like I'm not someone that's you know super dark where I don't have makeup options that are available to me or super mm-hmm. white where I don't have makeup options available to me I I just was looking different than the people that I was surrounded by mm-hmm. in my life and thus I did not like that about myself mm-hmm. you know like when you're in that middle school kind of you know puberty phase you mm-hmm. want to fit in you want to look like other people yeah and because I did not, it was something that I hated about myself. And there were a lot of colors 
that I removed from my wardrobe because it made me, at least in my mind, it made me look darker. Oh, wow. And I didn't want that. Yeah. So it's, it, it can be something like, um, it, co- it doesn't cover a certain area of your body that you want covered. Mm-hmm. It can be the color of the clothing. It can be the cut of the clothing. It can be the size of the clothing. Whatever it may be, if it's not bringing you joy, Marie Kondo that, you know? Exactly. Thank it and say goodbye. Yeah, exactly. You want to wear things that are comfortable. And hey, if you feel comfortable in a pair of sweatpants and a long shirt, fucking go for it, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I... This is one of the reasons why I love working from home every now and again <laughs> is because I get to like roll out of bed, put on some sweats and put on a, a t-shirt and go for it, which brings me to another comment that somebody made mm. where I, I mentioned that and they went, oh, well, women shouldn't work, um, shouldn't really work from home too often. Don't make it a habit. And I was like, excuse me? And they go, yeah, because, you know, women need to go out and put on makeup and wear pretty clothes. No, they don't. And I was like, what the fuck? Was this a man? No, they don't. No. Oh, goodness. No, it was a woman. It was another woman, unfortunately. Interesting. Yeah. And like, you know what? That might be her story. That might be her preference. Exactly. But like, don't put that on other people. I agree. There are women that hate makeup. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good at makeup. I don't wear makeup most of the time. Yeah. And like, you know, it's just not something that, like, we shouldn't say that every person has to look a certain way. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Because like, you know, even within fashion, you have different styles. You have like a chic look. You mm-hmm. have a grunge look or mm-hmm. a, a more metal look you know cutesy pink fluffy things you know it, it yeah you can find clothing and a lifestyle that suits your happiness exactly exactly i yeah that comment really um kind of and and, and for me the way that i dealt with it was again i thank my body for what it did and i embrace the ridiculousness of that comment and I shared it with a friend and they shared in the ridiculousness that was that comment and I went on with my life mm-hmm. you know and the only reason why it's coming up is because we're on the topic of it today but otherwise I don't you think don't about think that about comment yeah. yeah you know because of like the healing journey I've I've been through my body but I want to get to you like how did you heal from everything and and tell me more yeah, so I think I, I'm very similar to you that I, I do have skinny privilege. Um, I do also want to say, though, I've also had um, like issues because I am skinny, not uh, similar to yours in the sense that like people would question if I had an eating disorder, mm. but also in the sense that like, you know, there is a time, you know, bodies come in and out of style, right? Mm. Like we had the... Which is so ridiculous. Yeah. They're bodies for goodness sake like in the 20s having like a more fuller hip was what was seen as very attractive Mm -hmm. um in you know ancient greece having a more full figure you know um like rolls in your stomach Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. you know having having those features was very attractive yeah um and then we hit like the 90s and you get heroin chic which is ridiculous what a gross thing to even like name a, a body but the, type it's, right the, but it's like that's the point yeah. you know what i mean and and so you know bodies come in and out of style this was at a time when having you know a more curvy figure was preferable because particularly this was around when i was going through puberty right mm. and you know you want to have that change into feeling more adult feeling right. more womanly yeah and so I would get uh, made fun of because I did not look like that. 
and mm. I, you know, it was getting into people were well getting into puberty and I didn't have those curves and I didn't for many years, you know, yeah. like it, it, some people, those come in immediately. Some people, those come in very slowly. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, that was another thing that I got made fun of for. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's, it was just such a heavy time in my life of like hearing all of these comments also you know being being from an asian household as well you know you do get comments on your body Mm -hmm. um thankfully um mainly i interacted with my mother Mm. who was um who's the only like real like asian person that was close enough to say those kinds of comments Mm -hmm. in my life and so i didn't really get too many of those negative comments but i have had interactions with relatives on the rare occasions that i would see them Mm -hmm. for example my um my aunt bought me clothes for my birthday and mm-hmm. they were the wrong size. She had never even bothered contacting my mom to ask what oh. it could be. Why did she do that? I don't know. But mm. getting those clothes and needing to like stand there and thank her for them, knowing that they're not my size. Yeah. Felt like garbage. Oh, I'm so sorry, Sammy. <laughs> and so you're 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 pushed onto one side of saying like you know, you get those comments of, Oh, you you know, you need to you need to eat less or, you know, mm-hmm. commenting about, you know, you're gaining weight around Christmas. Mm-hmm. You also get those comments. I don't know if you got these as well, but there's also the comments of like, oh, you're too skinny. You need to eat more. You know, yeah, that's well, all you're eating. The irony yeah. is that they would happen at the exact same time, Yeah, right? you would go to like Christmas dinner mm-hmm. and you'd have people say it to, uh, from one side of like, oh, you need to eat more, have more food, yeah. have more food. And literally and then, would put plate, like food onto your plate yeah, without you I, having I made, said yes. I made that for the people, like, this is a podcast <laughs> and I forget, where I literally made that movement of my hand of someone putting food onto so, yeah, my plate. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they like say you need to eat more food and then like give you big portions yeah. of food that you don't you're not hungry for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then you get the other, you know, the other relative come in and be like, oh my gosh, you're eating so much. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I didn't do that. So which one? Like, how am I going to get this right? <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. Exactly. Period. Full stop. Yeah. You can't get and it right. That's why it's so important not to be impressing others with your own body. It's you and your journey and your relationship with your body. Yeah. That is the only ones that matter. It's you and your body. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god that's so ridiculous isn't it like i'm just thinking about the irony of that whole situation yeah Yeah. and uh so then i went off to university and i think like you i i'd had a a fairly decent you know time where i wasn't really thinking about things too Mm -hmm. much um and then moving on from university i had this period you know (laughs) post-covid where i had felt unhappy with my diet and my body. Right. And as a result, I, I can admit this now, I did take on some disordered behaviors. Mm. And not in the sense that I had an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. But you can have disordered eating habits or disordered uh, behaviors that are not that are separate from having an eating disorder. Right. So for me, I had ones, and I'm just remembering this now, that there's another eating disorder <laughs> called orthorexia, mm. which comes from this obsession with clean eating or healthy eating, in right. air quotes. Yeah. And so they, you know, they subscribe to all of these the fad diets of, mm. um, you know, eating paleo or eating, you know, what is the fruit, fruitarian? Where you a just vegan? Eat fruit. Oh, a fructivore. Fructivore. Yeah. Which is like, that's what like, you know, some mammals, are, like bats, some bats are fructivores. Yeah. Humans are omnivores. <laughs> yeah. And so so people will take on these certain diets and think, you know, they'll still have a varied diet, but they will 
you know, eat only certain foods and Mm -hmm. they might have an obsession with exercising all the time Mm -hmm. and making sure that, you know, they get, you know, the certain amount of water that they have to drink in a day and they can't have other liquids because it's not deemed healthy, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So at the time I had taken on some of those over-exercising behaviors. Mm. And it's not necessarily that I was exercising to the point of hurting. Maybe I was. But like I, I, it's the idea of over-exercising is that, you know, you're exercising and in an amount that is affecting the rest of your life. Like mm-hmm. a, a um, and then also exercising despite injury, right? Oh, yeah. So that's another thing. And so those that's more of a, of a disordered behavior that you can have. And mm-hmm. so this was times where I was like, I'm unhappy with my body. I'm unhappy with my diet. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start exercising, which is, you know, very healthy thought to have. Yeah. But it got to the point where it was like one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I have to exercise. Oh, I no. didn't exercise yet today. Yeah. And so then I would get out my mat and, you know, exercise. And then yeah. the next day when I I don't feel good, I hurt my knee, you know, something like that, mm-hmm. I still would exercise, right? Mm. Um, and so I'm now very much past that part of my life. How? How did you get past that? I just got so sick of it. Right, okay. You know? And I think hearing, uh, remembering stories from people who had eating disorders and things like that, mm-hmm. hearing about people's recovery, mm-hmm. um, it very much helped me to sort of realize what I was doing and mm-hmm. snap out of it a little bit mm-hmm. because, you know, I would, I would look up exercise videos on YouTube yeah. and what's the bless the YouTube algorithm, because by looking up all of these exercise videos, I also got started getting recommended eating disorder recovery videos. Oh, wow. And so I would get all of these people who are recovering from an eating disorder mm-hmm. talking about their experience. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, that's, that's not really good probably don't want to go down that hole um and so was able to you know basically embrace the part of me that was so sick of of doing it and also I was recovering at the time from other uh mental illnesses that Mm -hmm. I was struggling with Mm -hmm. and I think that in combination and you know getting on medication and things that helped me and having you know therapy that helped me I was able to sort of let go of those um and become more accepting of you know this is the life that I have this is the body that I have Mm -hmm. I have to accept my limitations for what I can what I can and can't do like respecting my injuries that I have or respecting the things that I the exercises that I'm unable to do without Mm -hmm. hurting myself yeah um and so basically that sort of became the the better way of handling things Mm -hmm. um I've I've not yet gotten back into exercise since mm-hmm. I don't currently have an, a regular exercise regimen, mm-hmm. um, but I'm I'm working on getting back into it right. for sure. Yeah, um, because you know I know it's I know it's good for my body and mm-hmm. it feels good. You mm-hmm. know to to work out mm-hmm. and be strong. Um, but I will say this is that I feel like if we did a study on people that go to the gym particularly those like gym bros Mm. that you see that are like constantly at the gym at the gym like four or five hours a day Mm -hmm. um you might see a very large overlap between disordered behaviors Mm -hmm. and their behaviors okay 
because oftentimes they don't even think about it. Yeah. Um, and I've ha- I've heard multiple people who had men who've had eating disorders mm-hmm. discuss that there are probably a lot of hidden eating disorders present at your local gym. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I think it's important when it comes to uh, like exercising. I want to enjoy the exercise because that means I'll actually do it more often, mm-hmm. right? I tried things like running. I didn't I only loved it if I had a great podcast to listen to while I ran. And so that's what I would run only if the, like a cool episode of a podcast come out, like maybe on Combos and Gordates episode. <laughs> um, and I was like, great. Okay. An hour podcast, you know, let me run, um, you know, 5K, whatever. Um, but then it kind of became like, oh, I don't really enjoy that anymore. So then I looked at other avenues. And now I must say, I take some ballet classes. And they're really fun. I really enjoy them that are a great time that work for me. And I take Pilates classes. And I swear to God, Jesse, shout out Jesse. I just saw her today. She's like, I'm gonna listen to your podcast. There you go, Jesse. <laughs> reason to listen to this episode. God, she is like such a fun Pilates teacher. And I did the tried, I tried like blogging Lotties, you know, following her videos. She's great. Don't get me wrong. But doing it at home, there wasn't enough motivation. Mm. So going out, like it's, it's so close to home. There's other people there that we love doing it all together. And they're really small classes. And they are just perfect Mm -hmm. like you know and and jesse i think it's like finding an instructor that's good for you as well because jesse's the kind of person who's just like how are you feeling today you know like um let me give you modifications for that exercise you know due to an injury or she and she'll say things like this is going to be here i'll give you easy medium and hard and you pick Mm -hmm. and and you don't have to do the hardest one you know you can you listen to your own body and she is so like aware of that for her clients and uh, like I I would take there have been exercise classes that I would like would go to and then I would never go to again Mm -hmm. I have stuck with this Pilates class Wednesday nights with Jesse for the past I think it's been a year now Mm. because I actually, I enjoy that. It's for fun. Like, that's the thing is that exercise, you know, your exercise regimen should just be to keep your body moving. Mm -hmm. Keep it in good condition where your joints still work, your muscles are still able to hold you up, you know, that type of of mentality Mm -hmm. but just make it something fun if you like dance dance if you like swimming swim if you like running run exactly if you don't like any of those there are so many options that you can do and it could be as simple as just like take a walk yeah walking just as good awesome it is so it actually in some cases for people who don't run correctly walking is so much better for you because yeah. you can get a lot more injuries from running mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i'm i'm the same way where running is too hard on my body mm-hmm. and so i have switched to walking and it's fantastic yeah exactly i, I yeah like find what works for you mm-hmm. in terms of so many of these things and also don't don't keep it so rigid Mm-hmm. have a rest day yeah you know oh 100%. that's totally fine to yeah. not do it for one day it's mm-hmm. totally fine to not do it for a weekend it's not totally fine to not do it for a month yeah you know like just make sure that you have that variety and that flexibility mm-hmm. in not just your exercise but also your diet in your um in your clothing things like that having having that flexibility in 
your health regimen, mm-hmm. which is what it is. It's a health regimen. Yeah. You know, keeping your body up at its homeostasis where it's happy. Yeah. Where you're happy. That is is all that you need to be doing. I 100% agree. And I mean, listen, like, also, the way that I see and the way that I see my relationship with my body, I'm, I'm never here to give advice to other people. It's just like, this is how I learned to, to heal the relationship with my body and take whatever you want as you will. Um, I enjoy my food, because I think of it as, hey, man, I like this is literally going to be the only time that say I'm going to be in this country or in this state or whatever. Let me try their goddamn food or I'm on a road trip. Fuck it. Let's get Macca's. Mm -hmm. Like, let's do it. Because like, why? Why? I I don't want to sit there and shame myself for that. And I totally understand. um, I've been in that space where I was shaming myself. Mm hmm. But then it would make me feel shit for the rest of the day. And mm-hmm. I... And sometimes if you get into this cycle, it can make you feel worse much longer than that. Exactly. Exactly. And I just felt like that needed to change. And that's why I went on kind of like this healing journey with my body. So now I'm to the point where it's just like, I'm, I'm actually going to try whatever I want from the menu. Not the healthiest item. Not what... I'm going to, what am I craving? And I'm going to eat and that. what can I afford? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Although, like, I have a different mentality. Oh, we with, absolutely talked about yeah, this. I have a mentality of, like, if I'm going out to eat, it's already a treat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get whatever I want. Yeah. And I'm going to be able, and I'm sorry, not be able to. I'm going to get things that I can't make at home. I'm yeah. not going to opt in for the chicken breast and pasta because, because it's, it's cheap. No, if I want the steak, I'm going to get the steak because, because I'm feeling I'm, like steak. Yeah, if you're eating out, it's I, already I, we're, a treat. we're both of this mentality mm-hmm. that like when we go out to eat with friends, we're not looking for, oh, let's just get something that will sustain us that's quick and cheap and easy. Mm-hmm. We're like, no, we're going out to eat with friends. Let's make it an event exactly because this is something that we want to enjoy we want to have good food have Mm -hmm. good conversation Mm -hmm. and just enjoy being with friends if we're going to go out i 100 percent agree and you know to be fair i really like cooking so that's why i'm uh, i can kind of make these events of going out quite sparse um i'm very privileged in that groceries are at my house mm-hmm. uh, and I can afford groceries and I can, you know, uh, afford the food that I, I'm, I then make at home and I can afford to go out every now and again to enjoy a meal out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I very much do want to acknowledge my my privilege in this. Um, but yeah, I, I like it, it took me a while to get to that spot. But yeah, I think it's for me it works yeah and i mean it is obviously very privileged to say that like to go out for a meal Mm -hmm. you know or to eat certain foods can obviously it comes from a place of privilege yes but i think also having that same mentality on any budget Mm. is a is a better way to live yes because like you know for myself i really like baking Mm. but i would really only let myself bake if other people were going to consume it Oh, yeah. Because I was like, oh, I can't make a whole cake for myself. Hmm. It's like, yeah, you can. Why not? Yeah. Eat carrot cake for dinner. 
Like I I I enjoy baking because I enjoy the act of baking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I think it's very calming. I think it's very therapeutic. Yeah. And then you make something yummy at the end of it. And also, like the way that I like to think about it, you've been standing while you're baking. You're standing. You're probably walking around to grab ingredients. Bam! A little bit of exercise. And then also. <laughs> Being able to say, well, I've made this, I've made this cake. I can have, I'll have a slice of it. I feel satisfied. I feel good. Mm -hmm. And I can put the rest of it back in the fridge and it'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. And I can have another slice tomorrow. Yeah. I I really, yeah, I totally agree. I am... I did want to shout out a few people who really helped me on this like healing journey because, you know, you mentioned COVID during COVID. I know that it was a very hard time for people for multiple different ways. And it did um, come to me where it's just like, oh, am I am I moving enough? You know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, And kind of, you know, those those thoughts would would come back to me. Um, And I like you said, the YouTube algorithm is listening to you. And so it would suggest these two women to me one of them was stephanie buttermore Mm -hmm. um she used to be a bodybuilder Mm -hmm. and she expressed how uh unhappy she was with herself and her body Mm. and she went on the journey to heal her body strong boston accent um maybe i don't know she's um uh, she she has a partner who's in Toronto and then she comes and oh, I I don't, I don't know. know if it's New York I believe it's LA but I could be wrong okay. for me it's like every influencer lives on LA basically yeah just because um, I've also been I've also been recommended a, a ex-bodybuilders videos and uh, she has this uh, for me the only I don't remember her name but I just remember her having a very strong does like, she have really Boston long black accent. hair yes Oh, maybe it is the same maybe it's person. Maybe the same person. I didn't really recognize whether she's got a, a Boston accent or I'm very bad with identifying accents. So. That's okay. Sorry. Um, Continue. Stephanie Buttermore. But yeah, so Stephanie Buttermore. Um, she's also, she's got a PhD in, I believe, breast cancer. That was, and that was another thing where I was like, oh my God, I really relate to this person. Mm. I'm also like doing a PhD. She finished a PhD. And a lot of her YouTube videos were very scientific based. Like she would show the papers, she would show her sources. And so that's why when she went on her journey, I very much followed her journey and her journey while it was so hard for her because she was making this journey while in in front of the public eye and some of the comments she was getting were just disgusting. Like, mm-hmm. again, do not comment on another person's body for goodness sake. Like, mm-hmm. that should be common sense. Um, and so she, she would show that how much they would pain her you know how much how painful those comments were for her um but she went on this journey her body is beautiful and she the most important thing is that she is happy with her body things like her period came back which she was so happy to she stopped feeling cold yeah that's another really big thing if you're restricting what you eat that's where you get a lot of the nutrients that you need mm-hmm. to warm your body. Mm-hmm. And so people get this um, this condition, I think it's called lanugo, mm-hmm. where your uh, body hair uh, becomes thicker or like you grow more body hair because your 
body is so cold, it's trying to find other ways to warm itself. Our bodies are amazing. Yeah. It's like, it's trying to adapt to this yeah. terrible situation that you're putting your body into. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, she got so many like positive things and and like that's where I learned to just listen to my own body because mm -hmm. she's like those comments hurt but the way that I feel in my body and like that is so much stronger than any shit that you have to say on my feeds mm -hmm. right um and then another person that I really recommend is Natasha Oshian mm -hmm. um she is in England, so she's a London or British influencer person, but she's also very similar where she, I believe she also has a PhD. Fantastic. Um, and she, she wasn't a bodybuilder, but she used to be, she actually won an Ironman challenge where mm. it's like, you know, you, okay, I'm not actually sure. I don't actually know exactly what an Ironman challenge is, but I know it's very, very intense. And um, she also went through a very... Um, different journey with her body totally different from Stephanie's but it was her own journey and she also documented it and I also followed it and both of these women are so inspiring and really helped me heal and so I hope that like us talking here on this podcast helps other people on their journeys and their relationships with their body but also like these two people really helped me mm -hmm. you know personally really helped me yeah and I wish I could I could remember the name of that woman who had ARFID mm. because I I loved watching her journey um going through you know her therapeutic process and mm -hmm. I was going through my own therapeutic process like it it just felt so comforting yeah. to hear the stories of other people yeah um another influencer I'll shout out um who's probably a bit smaller um is uh, someone called Roisin, hmm. um, and uh, her channel, I think, used to be called Row Recovering, but now that she's sort of uh, on the other side of the like big hurdle in recovery, mm -hmm. um, I think she's trying to move away from that and move into other aspects of um, promoting good mental health and good, good overall well-being. Mm -hmm. um, but she documented the stages of her um, all in recovery, which is like for her, it meant, you know, this is her, this is her big chance that she's going to go for it and do everything that she can do in mm -hmm. order to find her idea of food freedom, where um, she wouldn't let her eating disorder control the choices that she would make mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. So watching her recovery um, was so inspiring for myself and also like not just from a you know a healthy eating healthy body perspective mm -hmm. but also just like a life motivational motivation perspective yeah. you know um and she's just an absolutely beautiful person mm -hmm. such a sparkling personality and um i just really enjoyed watching her videos because they were they, they were quite fun you know yeah. i i will say she's definitely tried to make you know, recovering from a terrible disorder be more fun and engaging but also showing the highs and the lows you mm -hmm. know it, it's very very interesting process and it was a very um wonderful journey to watch mm -hmm. and i like I'll, I'll continue to watch her her content she's still posting but um yeah so there there's so much information out there mm -hmm. on people's negative experiences mm -hmm. there's also so much out there from people who have come 
out of the negative and have now found their positive experience. Mm -hmm. It is so easy now to find, you know, good, true to me, body positive material. And, you know, body positivity as a movement has really come into its own. Yes. It still has a very long way to go because I think there are still groups of people that are left out Mm -hmm. from the body positivity movement. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think... I I prefer the idea that, like, an entirely inclusive movement would be better. Yeah. But, you know, for what we have right now, this is a great start. Mm -hmm. And I think moving more into that sense of finding what's right for you, finding what makes you happy, what makes you feel good, what helps you live a long, happy life. Mm -hmm. Those are all of the things that I think are necessary to have in your life and if you've got those barriers talking to people finding out about ways that they might have dealt with it because it is quite common Mm -hmm. that people have negative body image you're not alone absolutely not yeah and you know finding the pathways that'll help you feel more comfortable with yourself can feel so wonderful and so liberating exactly that was really beautiful sammy um Good luck on your journeys with your body. It can be done. Um, and thank, thank your body. Thank your body. It, it does so much for you. It does beautiful things. And you are beautiful inside and out. Conversations, Conversations. with Cordates. Cool